everyone. Welcome to the Besties for Lifeies, aka B4L podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Carrie. I'm Viv. And I'm Judy. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the pandemic, what our initial thoughts were, our reactions to it, and how it has changed our daily life. I think I can say for all of us that it's been quite a challenging year and each of our experiences has been a little bit different. Carrie, it's been especially hard for you because you work on the front line and you work in the hospital. So directly being exposed to COVID and just trying to be safe for everyone around you and doing your job has has been challenging. Judy, you moved back from Vancouver to Toronto temporarily, which has been super exciting for us. And throughout this year, aside from birthday drive-bys, we really haven't been seeing each other at all since March of 2020, pretty much. So that's been different for us as a group of friends as well. So let's start today's podcast with you, Carrie. Where were you when you found out about it? And how are you feeling? When I found out about the pandemic, I was at the condo where my uh, boyfriend was staying. It was me and and his sister. And we looked at the news and we're like, oh, shoot, it's a pandemic. What does that mean? Um, At first, my boyfriend actually told me about this virus back in December of 2019. And he said, oh, my goodness, like China has this new virus and it's going to spread. No one believed him. I didn't believe him until we didn't believe you. No one believed me. And Carrie was the first believer before all of us, before it was even a pandemic. She was the one who stocked up on pasta, asking us if we need any pasta. And we're all like, no, (laughs) we didn't believe it. Fast forward, here we are. We're all quarantining. Um, Obviously, working as a frontline healthcare worker, I was very scared. Uh, I didn't know what it entitled. I didn't know if I was going to be safe. Um, I didn't want to go home. My parents are older. They're um, in their 70s. So I just said, okay, I guess I'm moving out. I don't know where I'm moving to, but I have to go to work and I have to keep my family safe. Yeah, I think that's the hard part that a lot of people don't think about like frontline workers, some people actually moved out of their home or rented Airbnb so that they could keep their own family safe. And they've been not seeing them since it all started. So I don't think everybody realizes that. Mm -hmm. And I think the hardest part was uh, my parents didn't really believe in it. They, they were like, Oh, yeah, we've been through war, we've been through Um, other pandemics we've been through swine flu like this is nothing like I can't believe you're not coming home but I remember going through so many arguments and trying to just convince them that hey I still really love you and because I love you I can't see you anymore and that caused a lot of tension between us and it took really nine months for them to realize that me not seeing them was me actually loving them Yeah, it was a hard time. And uh, we tried our best as friends to support you and we sent you flowers. So we hope that that (laughs) helped a little bit. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the flower situation was very sketchy. Oh, my goodness. So one day we um, I was at the condo where my boyfriend was staying. And then someone came and like some random person came and knocked on the door. And then James and I we went out to look at the people and there was no one there. So we're like, okay, maybe like people are just, you know, (laughs) Um, playing around and like playing Nicky Nicky Nine Door. So we, we just <laughs> left it at that. The next morning when I was going to work, I opened the door and there was this package. 
like on the floor. You left it there the whole for a whole day. Yeah, I left it there for the whole day, and no one, no one came to steal or anything. It was just there. So I was like, oh my gosh, honey, like don't touch it. Use a glove. Like it could be a bomb. It could be poison. You never know nowadays. So he left it there until he dropped me off and he came back. He used some gloves and he took the package and put it in the balcony because we're like, okay, we're not touching this. Um, <laughs> and putting it in the balcony helps. Why? Yeah, I don't even know so- why. <laughs> To quarantine it, you know, yeah, yeah. if it has a virus, a bomb or something, we don't want to be smelling it inside the condo. So afterwards, maybe when I came back from work, that's when I opened it. And then it was a very lovely card and um, some fake flowers from you guys. You guys know okay, me. Really you didn't well. have to say fake. Okay. Oh, like, no, no. I had to. Sound it wasn't dehydrated. It was, it was dehydrated. dehydrated yeah. That you still have today flowers. in your house. So. Yes. It's in my bathroom right now. But you it guys was know pampas, me so isn't well. pampas grass is popular nowadays. Come on. Yes. You guys know me so well because I can't really keep things alive. Um, so it was the perfect gift. And I start crying as I'm reading your gift. Uh-huh. I was like, this is like the nicest thing ever. This is exactly what I need to like keep myself going. Oh my god, I'm gonna tear up right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, to just like Yeah, it was like a really tough time. So just to like keep myself motivated and going. Well, thank you guys. I'm crying. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like made me want to cry too. But no, I mean, like, we obviously don't have the same experience as Carrie because none of like Viv, Mel, and I, we don't work mm-hmm. um, in the front line or at the hospital. So we don't understand, you know, the amount of stress that Carrie is under. And that's why it's like, you know, She's, you know, I'm living under her household right now, too. And we're very strict with COVID. And since the cases are increasing and she's trying to protect like those that she live with, um, you know, me and James and then her family as well and stuff. It's really stressful because, you know, she has the highest risk of actually getting it right. So it's it's scary. Knock on wood. I still don't have COVID. So it's a good sign. (laughs) Yes, yes. My experience was a little different. Um, When I found out, it was, I guess, I mean, I heard on the news that, you know, a lot of other countries and cities or provinces or whatever, they're all kind of going into lockdown. And all of a sudden, we were kind of preparing to go on lockdown. And I had a roommate and we were kind of like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen because we're going to maybe have to work from home. We weren't really sure. It was sad because that week was actually my birthday weekend. And I was supposed to have like a birthday party and everything and go out um, uh, to the bars and all this kind of stuff. But then with pandemic, um, yeah, I had to cancel my birthday. It was kind of sad. That I think that was like the worst part for me. But then I also got sick, guys. I got sick. Um, and honestly, I feel like I had COVID, but I'm not really sure. Um, I need to do that antibody test to see if I got it or not. Because what is it? Second week of lockdown, I had a scratchy throat. I was coughing. Um, there were nights when I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't breathe, you know? 
And I, you know, saw the doctor virtually and even asked for a puffer because when I was younger, I had asthma too. So I was thinking, oh, maybe it's asthma coming back again. But anyway, it lasted for like two weeks. Like I was sick for two weeks. And honestly, it could have been COVID. I don't know if you've ever explained it like that to us, like all those things that happened at the same time, because it definitely is very scary. No, she did explain. And I was like, you should get tested. And then at that moment, at that time, um, testing wasn't re- like readily available to people. Oh, so that's why. Do, because do it remember? was in March. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had those mild symptoms, you were told to just stay at home. Mm-hmm. Whereas oh. now, like testing is really readily available. If you do have any symptoms at all, people can just easily get tested. So it, it's a different situation. I remember your biggest symptom was that your chest felt heavy and you couldn't breathe. And that was the scariest I do have panic attacks sometimes. So waking up or like having a heavy chest, like that's a normal thing, I would say. So, you know, but then I also had the cough and the sore throat and all this kind of stuff. So I was thinking, oh, crap, I got it. (laughs) I think with COVID, if one of us got COVID, I don't think it would be a really big deal because we're young and healthy and we can conquer it. I just think that if we were to get COVID and then something happens to our family member, um, that's where that's when it gets scary. Yeah, for yep. sure. We wear a mask for others. So for me, I think when I found out, I think I was literally in the car on my cell phone. Um, and I remember the previous week, I already didn't go to work because I was already so paranoid about going on the streetcar. I take the streetcar to work every day. So I work from home for the past week. And then on the Sunday, I remember getting a bunch of emails from work saying we're under lockdown, don't go to work, effective immediately. Um, I was also one of those people who panicked by, I'm sure like most of us. <laughs> <laughs> I was online. I was. I, I went to work um, two weeks before it was the Claire pandemic. And I remember going to the path, going to Shoppers Drug Mart and seeing lineups of people stocking up on toilet paper, tissue paper, <laughs> all types of non-perishable goods. And that freaked me out. So I started doing that. Uh-huh. Um, the toilet paper yeah. thing made me, I mean, it's not funny, but at the same time, like, why are people stocking up on toilet paper? Because if you're at home, you can just, you know, wash yourself in the shower or whatever it is. It's like, I would be stocking up on like pasta and rice and stuff, you know? Like, yeah, I don't, I, know where the, I don't know where the toilet paper thing came from, but I just remember thinking I need toilet paper too. And I'm no, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to hoard it, but I just need toilet yeah. paper. <laughs> I didn't want to run out, so I had to go out and get toilet paper, too. At that moment, one of our friends, she mentioned that uh, for last, not last year, but two years ago for Valentine's Day, her boyfriend got her a bidet. And I remember thinking that, oh, my God, everyone is panic buying these toilet paper. But our friend here has a bidet. I was like, wow, she is so smart. She's ahead of the game. She's ahead of the game with her bidet. Remember I told you guys that my brother got me toilet paper as my birthday present in 2019 (laughs) as a joke because I'm very particular about my toilet paper. I need it to be super soft, okay? Um, And private label brand just doesn't cut it. So he got me nice toilet paper. He wrapped it up and he gave it to me 2019 December. And it was just so timely because March 2020, the pandemic hit and everyone was stocking up on it. And I actually, my parents' house is like a general store. I just went to my parents' house and they got stacks and stacks of toilet paper piled (laughs) up against the wall, like even in normal conditions. So that's where I get my stuff from. 
I feel like a lot of Asian households just have like a stockpile, regardless if it's a pandemic or just like a normal day. Yeah. Chicken yes. stock, frozen chicken. I have a huge freezer, this length of the wall in my basement at my parents' house. And there's chicken in there from like 2000 something, like years and years ago, which is really gross. But if it's a real <laughs> pandemic, and I mean, it is a real pandemic, but if we really run out of food, we can go there. Yep. I, my parents have like 10 bags of rice always stocked up. Yep. And I think it's different too, because they grew up in a different generation. They've been mm-hmm. through war. So- they're always prepared for any type of lockdown. And they also buy it when it's on hot front page flyers. Yes. So That's why pay pandemic price when you can use the stuff that you bought on sale? That's true. Honestly, Lysol wipes and stuff, it's gold now. Last week, um, my boyfriend woke up and then he checked his Facebook account because he uh, follows this like Costco page. Oh, and I then recently it said, followed it. It's really good. Yes, it's, it's amazing. So the Costco page said... Um, Lysol wipes available at the Costco near my house. I jumped up, got ready in two minutes, and I said, let's get it right now. So we ran, and within, like, an hour, it was almost gone. What? Yes. It was six Lysol wipes, like the bins, for $20. And it was, it was like, almost gone already. The Instagram page is called Costco Finds Canada. So you guys should all follow it. So I was at work when I found out um that we were going into lockdown and I remember it was lunchtime and we were all in the lunchroom watching the news and everyone was silent and we were all glued to the tv it was very strange and I I will never forget it because it just felt like I was in a movie a horror movie uh we were sent home to work from home I also have an office job and I remember them saying oh yeah it'll be for two months you guys will be back in May so we were quite excited to work from home for for two oh, yeah. months. Lo and behold, we're still working from home and we probably won't go back until probably 2022. Honestly, I felt the same way. Like I thought, oh yeah, we're going to be back in June, July. Working from home, it's going to be great for the next, you know, couple months. It's going to be awesome. Um, and then now, yeah, we're here. This is what? January 2021. Almost the anniversary of March. Yeah. Of the pandemic. It's so crazy. So how do you guys feel about quarantine and what have you guys been doing? To be honest, I kind of like quarantine. Um, I remember going back to Japan a couple years ago and everyone was so polite and wearing a mask whenever they don't feel well. Um, No one coughed on the subways. And when my dad, my dad has COPD, so he just randomly coughs sometimes. When he did do that on the subway, everyone just kind of stared at him like he was like the really odd one out. So I really love the idea of people wearing masks, uh, people keeping like six feet apart. I really like my bubble. So I remember going, yeah, in Japan and thinking, wow, the world would be such a great place if we had, you know, people following mass protocols everywhere. So come quarantine pandemic 2020, Toronto and the whole world is wearing masks and basically following Japanese rules. Yeah, I think that's going to be a new norm after this, where like, if you're not feeling well, you'll wear a mask. And that's just going to become common courtesy. Yeah, I I agree with you, Carrie. I think now that I've adapted, I don't mind it. But I think in the beginning, being at home 24-7, working from home, I had no separation between like, you know, where I was living slash where I was working. 
So that was really hard for me. I don't know about you guys, Judy yeah. and Mel. Yeah. I um, lived in a 600 square foot condo with my fiance and we were at each other. We were constantly bickering. <laughs> Yeah, and then for myself, I was staying with a roommate in Vancouver, and I didn't have like a workstation either. I was just working on my bed or working in the kitchen um, counter, working in the living room couch, like things like that, moving around. Um, but I mean, I did get into, um, I guess, working out a little bit more, which was nice. You know, the gym in my building was still open. Um, but then they did um, have a sign up because um, it was like maximum six people at a time, that kind of thing. So I did take a lot of time working out again. And then at the beginning of pandemic as well, I started reading more books. And I oh, think yeah. within the first two months, I finished like four books or something like that. But then I stopped for some reason. I have no idea. But then after coming back to Toronto in September, I just completely stopped doing any of that stuff because my living circumstances, you know, had no gym, but then I don't know why I just like, I didn't really read again. I was just like at home hanging out with the family and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the hardest part for me has been not being able to see friends and family. I used to have a really, really packed schedule every day. There would be something to do after work and every weekend would be packed. I would see you guys every week for dinner. I would see my parents every weekend. I would see my fiance's parents every weekend. So just not being able to do that, I, I really miss. And it's been hard to not be able to just hang out. But I will say, just like Carrie, that I'm naturally a homebody. So I have been very much enjoying slowing down and just staying home and cooking and working out doing yoga i have a treadmill now so i don't even have to leave the house and uh, i've been sleeping for nine hours a day <laughs> that's so good nine hours okay was was it tough for your mental health and how did you guys deal with it during the pandemic i think for me at first it was really rough for me just because i'm not used to wearing a mask for nine hours of my shift um, sometimes we'd have to wear the N95 for a very long time and it gets really hard to breathe. Um, the fact that we had to walk around and do help patients every single day for that long, um, my body just wasn't used to it. My mental health wasn't there. I remember one day I came home from work and, uh, there was no pop in the fridge. <laughs> I just really needed a Coke. Like I needed something sugary. I wanted something sweet to drink. I don't drink water at work because I don't like to touch cups or anything. I think it's kind of like dirty. So there was no pop in the fridge and I just start crying. And my boyfriend was like, are you okay? I was like, no, there's no pop in the fridge. I'm having such a bad day. Um, <laughs> other than that, it's funny, but it's not one, funny. Yeah, it's not funny. I was having a rough day. Um, there was another day when uh, he picked me up from work and I had a mental breakdown. I suddenly dropped down, start crying. I couldn't breathe. I was hyperventilating. I'm pretty good with my emotions usually. I never really have, I've never really stressed out that much. But I think the fact that I was so scared and my body was so weak that it was a, ment it was a lot of mental toll for me. Yeah. It's Honestly. very hard, and I and I we wish we could be there for you in person, but we can't. I am so. now. 
Well, you <laughs> are. I ask her every day, how is work? Oh, <laughs> um, nice. um, but no, I, you know, I feel like the three of us, me, Viv, and Mel, you know, we will never really understand the amount of stress that you are going through, Carrie, because obviously we don't work at the hospital, like I said before. And I feel like being upfront and personal with all these patients and seeing, you know, people's loved ones passing and you mentioning how there's so many people that are actually contracting this COVID-19, you know, and how some of them are getting worse day by day. It's just, it's a scary thought, you know. This is why I never chose to work at a hospital because I can't deal with that kind of, you know, mental stress or, you know, seeing people at that stage. We're very grateful that, you know, you're putting yourself out there uh, and trying to, you know, help save these people's lives. Um, while we're kind of just sitting in the background, you know, cheering you on. <laughs> I think fast forward, um, since I know what I know right now and how this virus is, uh, a lot of our healthcare workers, like we are way better prepared for it. We know how to protect ourselves and which makes it a lot less scary. Mm -hmm. So with all our mental health, I'm pretty sure all of my coworkers, I think we're, we're a lot better now. How's all your mental health? I know it's kind of difficult staying at home and um, yeah. Um, I think I've been okay. Um, I think face I'm, FaceTime has been great to be able to keep in touch with people, um, to still talk to you guys and to talk to my parents. So at least there's some sort of connection there. And then other than that, I've been keeping up with meditation and journaling and and consistently working out. And I think that's been helping me a lot. Yeah, I think now it's been good. And it's been great. But I think in the beginning, there was just so much uncertainty with humanity with my job and everything, right? So I think all things considered, um, we're, I'm very lucky. <laughs> I was still able to stay connected with everyone like my friends and family. Um, and I think in the summertime, um, it was less strict patios were still open so as long as we were distancing and keeping safe we were still able to see people I know I think my mental health has been great and I, I remember keeping myself busy in the beginning I was working out a lot going on runs um, we like to bike um, and also reading and I guess on my end in terms of my mental health I think I was pretty stable I was still able to connect with a lot of friends. I think we are really lucky living in an age where, you know, technology is available. We can video chat with a lot of people. Um, I was oh, I was consistently video chatting with my family and my friends. And, you know, we would even play like online games and stuff. And like I mentioned before, I started working out a lot more, trying to get into some sort of routine um, just to get, you know, my life more normal instead of, you know, thinking about the pandemic constantly, um, also reading. And then I, I'm the type that would watch kind of news clips every night. So that is kind of when I would stress out a little bit because 
I didn't know what was gonna happen and it's so unpredictable nobody really knew much about the pandemic or the virus itself and where it's gonna go and you just kind of see the cases keep climbing higher and higher and higher and then we went oh into total lockdown so that was a little bit stressful to be honest in the beginning um, yeah, I remember in the beginning, we were all glued to our phones every second looking for updates yeah. and announcements. That was unhealthy. <laughs> exactly. And then my family was in Toronto when I was quarantining um, in Vancouver and stuff. Um, so then I was kind of worried about my family, too, because, you know, what if something happened to one of them, too? And then me flying back was kind of risky as well because I would have to quarantine what if I got the virus when I was traveling you know so that was kind of scary too um but then everything worked out like we didn't get COVID or anything like that so um yeah so it uh, in terms of my mental health I think it's been pretty stable um I don't think anything too crazy happened but yeah still sometimes I get a little bit stressed here and there but it comes and goes like usual so I guess um instead of talking about how stressed we are about pandemic you know the year has ended in 2020 I guess maybe we should talk a little bit about what we're grateful for and maybe some of the best things that happened in 2020 just to you know make it more lighthearted in ways <laughs> I think um, I'm just grateful every single day and I write in my journal that I'm grateful for my health and the health of my friends and family because that's clearly the most important thing. Um, so every day, not taking that for granted. And um, I'm grateful for technology to allow us to stay connected with our loved ones because can you imagine if you know we had to call each other and we only had a limited number of minutes or text messages that would be awful i'm like not even that what if we had to like write letters <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, that. Deliver it. yeah i agree with you mel i'm very grateful for my family and friends health my dad has a lot of health underlying health issues so we've all been doing our part and keeping him safe and we've come this far already i think this pandemic also gave us an opportunity to slow down. I think we were so into our busy lives. We didn't have time for a lot of things. So I'm very grateful to, you know, develop uh, new hobbies like biking and squeezing in books. I never had time to read before, but now I get to read. To answer your question on the best thing that happened in 2020, I would say is that, um, we took advantage of the low mortgage rates and my fiance and I, we bought our home. So that's super exciting. And it's her first um, home. Yeah, it's, it's our dream home and it's close to our parents, which we love um, since we see them every weekend. So it's very convenient and it's been almost four months since we've been living here. It feels like time just flies and uh, I can't believe you guys haven't seen it. It's I been know. four months. It sucks. We've seen Pandemic the outside. Sucks. Yeah, we've seen yeah. the outside. Just the outside yeah. at nighttime, though. We <laughs> we drove out, we drove by Mel's place twice, and we still haven't gone in. Sad. Yeah, maybe in the summer. In the summer, we can do me. backyard barbecues, socially dis physically distanced. Unless we prove that we got the vaccine. <laughs> 
There's going to be a vaccine stamp on us when we walk into Mel's place and we have to show it before. Yeah, there's going to be a bouncer and that's going to be the requirement. Similar to Mel, we had the same situation. Um, my boyfriend and I were able to purchase our first home Woo! together. I think the only difference was that I couldn't move home. So my boyfriend and I were even more pressured to finding a place. But luckily, we did find a, a beautiful house we're very in love with. And we are able to quarantine together. But a plus side note from that, Judy's with us Yay! now. So we're quarantined with Judy. What's more? What's better than having your boyfriend and your best friend quarantine right? together? Having your other two best friends, maybe? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> that is so funny. True. <laughs> Very true. I mean, hey, $18 a night. We established this. <laughs> You can't have it all. You can't have it all. <laughs> I guess for me, the silver lining of 2020 is being able to come back temporarily in Toronto um, to see my family, my friends, although, you know, pandemic and all the social distancing and not being able to actually see people is not that great. But, you know, now I'm living with Carrie and James and I get to hang out with them all the time um until my family finds a place so that we can be together again but yeah i mean that was definitely something i didn't think i was going to be able to do i was kind of i was kind of scared to actually ask my employer to be like hey can i actually go back to toronto and just like stay there until we have to go back to the office but you know they were really um nice about it and they're like yeah go for it and they understood that being with family was really important to me so you know, I'm very grateful for that. What's the first thing you want to do when it's this whole pandemic is over? Travel. Yeah, seeing friends <laughs> and family. <laughs> That's a huge one. Oh, yes, yes, that too. <laughs> I was going to say a B4L dinner. 100%. Yes. I don't know. I see Judy every single night. <laughs> okay, rub it in a little bit more. I I've been seeing her today for the past like nine hours. You know what? Viv and I are just going to hang out when the pandemic is over and we're not going to include you guys. <gasps> Excuse yeah, we need to catch me. up. <laughs> wow. Um, anyway, yeah, I I feel the same way as Vivian though, seeing family and friends. But of course, um, like I said, travel. Thanks for tuning to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed and got to know us a little bit better and what we've been up to during this pandemic. We want to thank all frontline workers for everything they do. Stay safe and we can get through this together. Until next time, we are the B4Ls. Bye.